0: Stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three
1: seven seventy CHQR. I'm going to revisit some of the conversation we had yesterday about uh, Alberta's curriculum debate and where this current government's going. We had some analysis yesterday that was favorable in a lot of ways to to the direction of the government. But wanted to, to to take a, a, another look at it and, and give the other side of the conversation. Uh, some airtime and some critiques of some of the government's claims, claims about the previous government's curriculum review, claims about what's wrong with the curriculum, what's changing, what needs to change, what's new, and and also in particular, and you know, and this is a much harder thing to measure. But the government's talked a lot about it. The idea that there is bias, bias in the curriculum or bias in the classroom, and how we measure that, or or even how we deal with that. Uh, So joining us uh, for some further thoughts on uh, where things stand, and where things are going on the curriculum front in Alberta, very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, Dr. Carla Peck, who's a professor in the Department of Elementary Education, the Faculty of Education, University of Alberta, and has uh, penned a uh, lengthy response to what the minister had to say yesterday. Uh, Professor Peck, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Uh, Obviously, look, I mean, you know, the, the... conversation around curriculum, I think, is an important one. I think it's something that, that we all kind of have a vested interest in, uh, elected officials, parents, teachers, and, and kids, obviously. So the idea maybe that we're talking about curriculum is is a good thing. But what concerns you about, you know, the, the way in which this is being discussed right now?
0: Uh, well, first of all, I completely agree with you. It's, it's great that the, that curriculum is, you know, part of the public debate because it is, such an important matter for really for all Albertans, whether you have kids or not, you know, because um, it because curriculum reflects the values of a society and what we hope our society will look like in the future, right? Because we're educating. Uh, some people like to use the term future citizens. Kids are citizens already, you know, in their own right. So I don't I don't really like to use that term, but they are they do represent the future of Alberta and Canada. So so yeah, so it's really great that that this is. Um, you know, a public debate. Um, part of my real concerns with, with um, how the debate is being sort of led by the current government is that it is based on some really fundamental misunderstandings about curriculum and about um, teaching and learning. And I think it's, it's too bad. Uh, that that 's happening, because uh, for those who aren 't you know in the education world, uh, if they hear you know different things that the Minister of Education says or Premier Kenny says, they might think that yeah well they 're supposed to know what they 're talking about, so that must be what it is but uh, but as I say, you know the, the minister has some really um, uh, miss, really strong misunderstandings of things like what constructivism is, inquiry-based learning, the difference between uh, the curriculum and the resources and materials teachers use to teach curriculum. And, you know, for someone in her position to hold those misunderstandings, um, you know, it, it's, it's frankly quite unacceptable, in my opinion.
1: Right. And I want to get into that. And There's a political narrative here, too. And, and you know, the minister faulted the previous government for how they went about their curriculum review and accusations that it was, you know, very secret and, and right. limited. Um, now I understand you you were involved to some extent in that. Uh, what, what, is, is that an unfair portrait of of how the previous government approached this?
0: I would say it's an unfair portrait. I was involved in the previous process. I've been on different committees over time since I arrived in Alberta in 2007. So I've worked on different education committees for various governments. So this isn't a, for me, it's not an NDP or a UCP thing at all. Um, Under the previous government, I was appointed to the uh, they called it the teacher and educator focus group. We were not the group that wrote the curriculum, but we looked at and, you know, reviewed and critiqued and provided feedback on the work of the curriculum uh, writing group. Uh, the teacher and educator focus group for social studies was about 50 or 60 people. So, you know, I was one, but, you know, of many kind of thing, providing feedback. Um, and uh, so, and that was true for there were, there was a curriculum writing group, uh, of about 50 or 60 people and then a teacher and educator focus group of about 50 or 60 people for each of the subject areas. So we're looking at hundreds of people involved in writing the curriculum, for one thing. Teachers were by far the majority of, of those committees. And when you get a, more than 100 people involved in writing anything, there's nothing being done in secret, right? I mean, that's just yeah. the opposite of secret. And then the other thing is that there was uh, huge efforts to engage Albert in the process of curriculum development uh, including some of the early foundational documents setting out goals for what curriculum should look like and then actually putting up drafts of the, tr- of the actual curriculum materials available online and soliciting feedback. I mean in one survey alone they re- solicited t- 30,000, more than 30,000 responses. So yesterday when they were, you know, sort of bragging about getting 8,500 responses, I, you know, it really caused me to laugh because, you know, is this the new math? Is 85 more than 32,000? It's, um, you know, it's, it's just not the same level of consultation at all. Yeah. Well
1: and yeah, it's funny you mentioned new math and there's obviously been a lot of controversy around the teaching of discovery math and you know, a lot of pushback on that front. And I think that's that's spilled over in into a lot of other respects of this conversation. As you say, you know, we've gone from discovery to inquiry to constructivism and maybe the government's conflating a lot of things that are not the same. Right. And for people who don't follow this stuff closely, I mean it's it's easy to, to get caught up in that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, these are very much sort of edu-speak terms, you know, so it's, right. it's fair that, uh, you know, people, again, not in the education world maybe don't understand what these things are. Uh, first of all, the big confusion at the Ministry or the Minister of Education seems to be she's conflating constructivism with uh, inquiry-based and discovery learning. And, of course, discovery learning is in quotation marks and used as a sort of a, it's a bad word, right? We're not supposed to be using that word. Um, the two are not the same. Constructivism is at a very basic level. It's a theory of learning. And it begins from the premise that every learner, child, adult, doesn't matter what the age, comes into a learning situation, whether it's learning history or learning how to ride a bike or learning how to, you know, play a musical instrument, whatever, with ideas and understandings and maybe misunderstandings about how those things are done. Um, And so constructivism takes that as the very starting point and tells us that it's incredibly important to understand what learners already know and perhaps misunderstand about whatever it is they're going to be learning and use that information to design our our teaching and our learning experiences accordingly. I mean, this goes back to, you know, the 1960s educational researchers saying that the most important thing that we have to do as teachers is understand what the learner knows and plan accordingly. And that... The very essence of what constructivism is and then it goes on you know to explain that uh, students are actively involved in constructing meaning now constructivism does not dictate any particular teaching method and that's where the big confusion happens because that's what the minister of education is conflating She's assuming constructivism means you have to teach in a particular way. But we construct our understandings about the world, about educational topics, about whatever it is we want, are interested in, in all kinds of ways, through reading, through talking to our peers, to our colleagues, to other students. Uh, through do, having other sort of larger group discussions from listening to the teacher, from listening to a guest speaker, from doing our own reflection about, well, how is it did I come to understand these things? That's really what the essence of constructivism is. So if a teacher chooses to lecture, to do group work, to have students do independent work, those are all opportunities for a student to develop understandings, to construct understanding of, you know, whatever it is that they're learning. Learning. It doesn't say you must teach in one way only.
1: Interesting. Let me put you on hold for a second here if we can, uh, Professor Peck. We'll come back and we'll, we'll talk a bit more about uh, some of the criticisms here, some of the response to uh, what the minister announced yesterday about changes to Alberta's curriculum in this ministerial order. That's been signed. Uh, our guest uh, joining us on the line here this afternoon is uh, Carla Peck, uh, professor in the Department of Elementary Education at the University of Alberta's Faculty of Education. We are back with more right after this. Uh, a couple of the things that you, you touched on uh, that the minister spoke about yesterday. Uh, the, the point about uh, literacy and numeracy, uh-huh. because, right, I mean, it seems very logical, of course, that, that that should be included in the curriculum. And I think the government wants to portray themselves as the, the ones who finally did uh, the, the right thing here. But you make the argument that by no, by no means is this new.
0: Well, it's not new. I mean, in the um, curriculum framework document that was published, I think, in, uh, well, several years ago, I have to find the date again, um, uh, that the guiding framework for the development of curriculum uh, that was published by Alberta Education to guide, you know, future curriculum development, in that document, um, they... Articulate the importance of literacy and numeracy across all subject areas, and if you look at the um, draft curriculum documents that were published a couple of years ago, you know, and put up on the government website for uh, feedback from Albertans, you will clearly see. Uh, curriculum outcomes explicitly connected to literacy and numeracy articulated in every single uh, subject you have there, whether it's health and wellness or social studies or art or music or whatnot. Um, and yes, of course, literacy and numeracy are crucial. You know, and I don't think anyone would argue that those aren't important where the argument is, you know, is this, is this something new that this government is doing? Uh, I would also argue that this is something uh, that teachers are heavily invested Invested in and have been for their entire careers whether they are a math teacher or a language arts teacher uh, literacy and numeracy are important no matter what we are teaching and in many respects no matter what subject we're teaching everyone myself included is a literacy and a numeracy teacher uh, so I'm a social studies teacher of course literacy is hugely important uh, for being able to read historical texts um uh to be able to write uh you know various analyses and and um historical you know narratives and so on that we might have students do in a social studies classroom numeracy is equally important being able to read statistics being able to look at maps and and uh calculate distance and you know understand uh, topography and you know all these sorts of things so Uh, So no, this isn't, you know, they think they're doing something groundbreaking, this is something teachers have always done, and it has been explicitly a mandate of Alberta education for many, many years now.
1: And on the question of bias, and it's interesting, I mean, social studies is often kind of singled out, given that, you know, history and current events can be politically charged, but these are a lot of vague accusations about bias, either bias in the curriculum, or bias from teachers, or bias from, from certain resources, it's not clear, It almost seems maybe the government might like some bias when it comes to to certain areas or certain topics. But, I mean, how do we even begin to, to quantify whether there is bias or how much bias there is?
0: Right, so first of all, uh, every single policy document has bias. If by bias we mean perspective, uh, then every single policy document, which is what a curriculum document is, because it outlines the things that are important for students to learn um, and serves as policy and guiding, you know, uh, teaching in the province, it's all biased. It doesn't matter what political document you're looking at. Um, uh, no curriculum is bias-free claims of neutrality are are false because every curriculum represents the values and perspectives and priorities of the people who wrote it and that's true for this government that's true for previous government and so on but uh the the where i have a real problem so first of all acknowledging that is really important right that these things are not neutral documents uh, where I have a real problem is uh, the so- claims of so-called, you know, left-wing ideology, getting socialism out of the curriculum, all these sorts of things. When pressed, for example neither the Minister of Education nor the Premier can ever provide an example about how that looks in the actual curriculum document. What they do is instead, you know, share a snapshot of a handout, uh, and not even often the full handout, but like a cropped image of, you know, a single question uh, that was maybe on a practice test or, you know, some other handout that was perhaps used in a classroom. And they, they put this out there saying that uh, this is what teachers are using with absolutely no evidence that a it's even more than one teacher or b that they're sharing the full document that that in chances are you know there might be questions that actually did represent another perspective another point of view but they've highlighted the one question that they're taking issue with and sort of presenting it to look worse than it is so you know, I I think the, the claims about bias, uh, the way that the government is promoting them, are, again, completely unfounded. Um, I think in any profession, you're going to find people who maybe are doing things, uh, you know, that we would hope they might do something otherwise. But... You know there are over 30 or 40,000 teachers in the province if they're showing us one or two examples uh, it's pretty hard to claim that that's widespread across the whole province.
1: So just then your thoughts on, on where that leaves us you write in, in your piece that you used to be very proud of Alberta's social studies curriculum uh, that you fear that will no longer be the case so that we're not necessarily getting change for the better maybe is your concern here.
0: Uh, I agree I think we're not getting change for the better I mean I Nobody knows what the curriculum is going to look like because it hasn't been revised, you know, based on this new ministerial order. So, you know, in some respects, I need to certainly withhold judgment on that. But the prospects don't appear great based on the direction of this new ministerial order. For example, I'm an expert in history education. The statements yesterday at the press conference and in the ministerial order about needing to, you know, teach history in a fact-based, sequ- sequential approach. I mean, of course, facts are important in history. No one is going to dispute that. Uh, but uh, it, but the statements made yesterday don't reflect any of the current research on, uh, you know, how we know students learn history and the best ways to teach history. So... If history is going to revert back to sort of a drill and kill, right, of drill facts into kids' heads and get them to to regurgitate those things on a test, well, number one, that's going to be setting us back decades in terms of where the rest of the world is going in history education. But also, it's, it's going to absolutely kill any interest in the topic at all um, uh, in students. And I would also say that there is, uh, I wonder... I have no, I don't know if this is the case, but you know, Alberta is a social studies province, which means we study history, but we also study geography, anthropology, archaeology, you know, all sort of a lot of the social science disciplines. So history is a small piece of what students are learning in social studies. If there is going to be more emphasis on history, I wonder, you know, what does this mean? Does that mean social studies is no longer going to be um, the focus? Are we going to do what some other provinces do and have social studies from K to six and then, or maybe seven, and then uh, distinct courses in history and geography and so on, law once you get into high school? Are we going to have those kind of distinct courses? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but those are the kinds of questions that were raised for me. Um, when we, you know, when I watched the press conference yesterday and read the ministerial order. I would also say that the move uh, against inquiry learning does a huge disservice to students. I mean, just think about it for a second, the implications about this. If students are no longer encouraged to be curious and inquire about things, which is essentially, at a very basic level, what inquiry learning is about, and then, you know, try and do research to answer their curiosity, then what do we do with science fairs? What do we do with heritage fairs, which are sort of a history version of science fairs? Science and heritage fairs, the very essence of those is about students becoming curious about something and trying to figure out an answer, and then sharing what they've learned with others. So... You know, I don't know if people have really thought about the implications of that. If, if we are returning to a back-to-the-basics, three R's, sit-and-listen uh, form of education, then um, that is hugely, hugely detrimental to um, students and families and does not at all represent current scholarship in the field.
1: Well, Dr. Beck, we've got to leave it there. Appreciate your analysis here, and thanks for joining us this afternoon.
0: Thanks
1: so much for having me. All right, take care. That is Carla Pack, uh, professor in the Faculty of Education at the University of Alberta. Uh, So another side of the debate around uh, changes to curriculum here in Alberta. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, at Rob Breckenridge. You can email me, rob at 770CHQR.com. Talk to you next time.